Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up? I'm finally satisfied. I like it. Guys, he's been talking about this for two days. He's like, isn't it catchy? Yeah, it is. You know what, babe? Whatever makes you happy. I just wasn't satisfied with... Clearly. You know, the the little... My guitar. Which is so. funny, because, yeah, it's your fucking music. Yeah, and I just wasn't satisfied, and then I'm thinking, <laughs> why don't we just do it ourselves? It'll be a little bit more catchy, I think. <laughs> I love it. Well, good. I'm glad you do. Let us know what you guys think. <laughs> Are you wearing my shirt? No. I thought I had the only I cheer did, shirt that I did was... I too, but this is a large. Oh, so. Okay. I thought I mine was glitter. It is. But this is definitely not yours. No, I this thought I had large. I was the only one that was glitterified. No, apparently not. No. You so. sound like shit. Um yeah. I feel, um I feel like I died about three days ago. But it's not COVID. It's not it's not the Rona. We're safe. It's yeah. not COVID. You got tested. I got tested the other day. Like didn't barely even made it in the door before it was like the fucking sock found on Monsters Inc. by my desk. Yeah, like the morning I remember you were getting snuffy, stuffy, yeah. and even like last night you were. Getting well, yesterday stuffy. I got tested yesterday. I didn't yeah, feel good yesterday. You were either. getting stuffy at night. Yeah, and I didn't. I just thought it was allergies because remember I had that really yeah. bad allergy. Yesterday attack. I had a really bad sore throat and like body aches. And Laura was sick, too. So we're like, okay, if I have the Rona, I'm going to lick you. If you have the Rona, you're going to lick me. Cool. Got it. Mm. We both got tested. Neither one of us had it. But, like... Does she like getting shout-outs? I don't know. She's going to. <laughs> does she even listen to us? Yeah, she does. Well, oh, she okay. does yard work. Laura, she likes to do yard work. Which is... is she your boss, technically? Yes. She is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she actually just sent me a message and told me that I kicked ass this week. Oh, I was like, that really means a lot coming from you. Yeah, that's cool. So, but we don't have the Rona, and we neither one of us have to lick the other one, so we're good. Good, no yeah. licking going on. Yeah, it was one of um one of our long, long time managers last day today. Mm-hmm. That was bittersweet. Rough. Yeah, it it really was. He no. got a lot of cake. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that he got two different cakes. Yeah, so um, Kate and Lil Jackie got him one, and we wrote what Sloop always says on it, which is why it's politely covered up with Star of Life's, and then Oscar got him a cake. Yeah. Yeah. We did, though. We had Olive Garden for lunch. I just saw you had a salad in your... I brought it home for you. Thank you. Yeah, so he's like, where should I get food? And I was like, dude... We have to do, like, Olive Garden or Hooters. I mean, it, you, it has to be one of those two. Did you guys get breadsticks? Fuck yeah, we did. Yeah. How many did you have? Three. Oh, I was going to say four. And one of the guys left, and he's like, I have to take a breadstick, or my wife will kill me when I How get How were they? Were they soft, or were they, they were a little crunchy? They were warm. No, they were so See, warm. that's when they're good, yeah. and they're, like, soft, and they it, like, melts in your mouth. Yeah, oh. and I got Alfredo, so I was dipping. Oh, God, that's so good. Yeah. It was, it was really good. Oh, God. But yeah, it had to be one of the two. Those are like special occasion restaurants, obviously. Yeah, true. So. True. 
Well, I'm sorry you feel like crap. Yeah, I do. My day, I could not sleep last night. I don't know what my deal was. I was up and took extra medicine to Mm -hmm. even kind of medicate a little bit. And it's a non-work. I got about two hours of sleep. So when I woke you up at 4.30, I had just fallen asleep, really. When you woke me up, I motherfucked the world. (laughs) I know. Well, that's what, and and then you're like 5.30. Yeah. So then I woke you up at 5.30, and then just to be on the safe side, I set my alarm for 6.30. I was up and out already. Yeah. But uh, I, and then I finally fell back asleep, you know, and man, I woke up at 3 o'clock, and I'm thinking, where the fuck did the day just go? Yeah. I thought you were sleeping because you hadn't called me all day. Yeah. Yeah, I, was I mean, out. and I know you know that I've been busy all week because it's like transition week. But. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I was out. I, I was tired. I probably will not sleep past 5 a.m. tomorrow because baby Jesus hates me. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to get up and clean the house, and then I'm going to do my first day of ship shopping tomorrow. Ooh, I'm very excited, and I'm going to go with you. You are. I'm excited. I mean, you have Do you got to go in the store? Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, okay. So some of the orders I can get are like shopped and paid for already and i just have to pick up the order and drop yeah. it off other ones like target i shop for okay i don't target like the back of my fucking hand i don't yeah. know they just redid the whole goddamn thing i couldn't find shit yesterday <laughs> i was pissed oh well that'll be a trip it'll be interesting tomorrow with it being my first day once i do 10 orders though i can sign up to deliver liquor and prescriptions Ooh, yeah isn't that fancy very exciting Dude, the fact that you can get booze delivered in and of itself is amazing. I know. We We have have done it. We've done it. We got to do it again. (laughs) I know. We need some. Yeah. This is the second time that I'm not drinking. I know. I'm drinking fucking coffee. I know. Oh, because I suck and didn't stop and get any other Mm -hmm. way. I left work like an hour and a half later than normal, but. I'm aware. I had to get stuff done so I didn't bring it home. So. All right. I got newbies this weekend. I had to make them time cards. I gotcha. So. Yeah. All right. Well, today we are doing a re-record of Betty Broderick. Yeah, Betty motherfucking Broderick. So this will be a two-parter. Yeah. So we'll record part two tomorrow. <laughs> Probably. We will. But then we will be all cut up, caught up on yeah. our ones that you couldn't fucking hear us. Yep. So. Now you can hear us, but today I sound like a man. <laughs> so, there's that. Touch me with your man hands. Oh, my God. That's gross. I know. <laughs> Women with man hands? Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, don't touch me. No, it's like little people hands. Yeah. Like nubbins. I know. Ugh. Don't touch me. Ugh. We do have new Patreons. What are the Patreons? We have, I, I think I mentioned Anne and Megan before, but if not, Anne and Megan. Anne and Megan, and we have thank you. Christy. Christy. And Ewa, I believe is Ewa. how you say her name. Awesome. Ewa? Ewa? E-W-A, Ewa? Ewa. That's what it, yeah. I think you guys rock. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you guys, you guys were in time to just catch uh, the Boston Marathon. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Lucky you guys. I still... Why the fuck was I talking... Oh. um, There were two dudes in Florida who got, like, 
they call it the sterile area apparently where like just TSA can get these guys got all the way to that area with guns on their hips hmm. and you didn't hear shit about it no they, apparently they grabbed him and took him away and that was it and I was like so uh, this was on the news no uh uh-uh. uh Oh, somebody, what are you talking somebody about? that I work with, his nephew works at Orlando Airport. Okay. And it happened at Orlando Airport. You didn't hear anything about it. Oh, okay. So they got past all these checkpoints with guns. But the Boston Marathon thing made me think of it. Because afterwards, I was like, so fun fact. Mm-hmm. But I told him about the um, the hundred people on the hot list in one fucking day. Yeah. Which I still can't get over. That's insane. That's fucking it's insane. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was schooling and if with you guys my don't knowledge. Know, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, you'll have to sign up and become a Patreon to mm-hmm. hear our Boston Marathon episode. I thought it was fabulous. I did too. I think it was mm. one of the better ones. It was good. There was some good in, I found info out some in there. Shit. Yeah, you did. So. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. I did. Well, um, why don't you... Start us off. Because yeah, I think I'm going to sneeze. So, <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. Um. Oh, my God. What? I was listening to Killer Queens the other day, their newest episode. Mm-hmm. Babe, uh, Tori called somebody a poop shoot. I don't know who Tori is. She's one of the hosts of Killer Queens. And I'm like, oh, did she listen to our podcast? She called someone a poop she shoot? She called someone a poop shoot. Dude, that's fucked up. No, it's not. That's fucking awesome. That means uh, she's no, listening to us. No, that's... My saying. I know. I should fucking trademark that. You're not going to trademark poop shoot. Let's just, it, like, I I was very excited because that means she probably listened to us. Probably not. And, thought, well, where the fuck else is she going to hear poop shoot? I don't know. But not only did she listen to us, she found it funny enough from you to use it herself. If she and did. since I am an honorary Southern because of them, she can use poop shoot all she wants. And in her I defense, think it should be my say. Dude was being a poop shoot. I think it should be my say. But she was calling someone a poop shoot versus you talking about butt play. All right. Fair so, enough. Listen, drink out of my Golden Girls cup and just stop whining. It's very exciting to me. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't it. care how you feel about it. Well, then don't tell me. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I really think I'm going to sneeze, but it won't come out. (laughs) You've been holding it for like 10 minutes. I can't. It won't come out. Look at the light. There's no lights on. The candle. We do this by candlelight. Mm, We set the mood. We do not set the fucking mood. He's just cranky with the fucking lights on. I am. It's really all it is. But I'm not wearing sunglasses. You're not, which is weird. I know. Mm. I'm I'm staring at you. You're not wearing sunglasses, but you do have a shirt on. I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of weird. It's like tit for tat, you know? Yeah. So. Mm, All right, I guess I'll just start, start us then. off. Let's see what I have written here. All right. So, uh, I titled it Betty Motherfucking Broderick, by the way. Which it should be. Because <laughs> she's a fucking icon. Yeah, which it should be. Um. All right. So, she was born Elizabeth Ann Biscaglia, Biscaglia, excuse Biscaglia. me, to Marita and Frank on November uh, 7th. I wrote... Um, 2,947. So I'm going to go with 1947. Wow, yeah. Yeah, in Bronxville, New York. She was the third of six kids um, in a strict Roman Catholic family, obviously, because dad couldn't pull out of a driveway. 
Um, she was being trained to be a housewife since the day she was born. She was told, quote, go to Catholic school. Be careful with Kate dating until you find a Catholic man. Support him while he works. Be blessed in your later years with beautiful grandchildren. To which I say, ah, fuck that. <sighs> yeah. She graduated from Maria Regina High School in 1965, which I would Regina? go to. Yeah, I would go to just because it was Regina. I would too. <laughs> Raise your hand if you have been personally victimized by <laughs> Regina George. Uh, she later graduated the College of Mount St. Vincent with a degree in early childhood education and a minor in English. Daniel Broderick was born, uh, Daniel Broderick III, on November 22nd, 1944, to Daniel Broderick II and Yolanda Gordon Broderick um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Also a tight-knit Irish Catholic family. Also, Dad could not pull out of a driveway because he was one of nine children. Oh, my God. You know what I've heard, though? Like, after three, like, it just, everybody says, yeah, it just seems like, the same somebody said that you reach a state of zen and you don't even realize that. i could kind of imagine that like no fuck that it just it, it'd be too much like to worry about you know what yeah. I mean? so like eh whatever three seems <clears throat> fucking impossible to me. the kid fucking fell eh, eh whatever i mean i'm like that now yeah <laughs> so i really wouldn't give a fuck by the time i got to nine by, by your ninth he'd come walking really, out of me yeah you know first of all I'm here. No, fuck that. Um, so he was a senior undergrad at uh, Notre Dame in 1965. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he went to South Bend to visit a friend, um, and her and Dan met at a party for the University of Southern California versus the Notre Dame game. Fighting Irish. He wrote on a napkin, Daniel Broderick III, MDA, which stood for medical doctor, almost. Mm. Yeah, wow. Uh, Dan pursued... What the fuck? Oh, pursued her. I forgot the her. He he pursued what the fuck? It said pursued via mail. I'm like, huh, what did he pursue? Yeah. The mail. So he pers- pursued Betty via mail until he moved to New York City to attend Cornell University Medical School. Uh, Betty would later That'd tell him. so weird writing letters like that. Connecting. I know. Hello. I love you. You know what I think I'm going to do, though? Because uh, it's. I want to lick your poop shoes. I don't think they write that, though. <laughs> I think back then it was like, I love your ankle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But. Uh, it's Brittany bitch wrote a letter in our notebook and she's like it just it's not appreciated anymore Uh, I feel like I should write a letter back in the notebook and we should just pass it back and forth true yeah true I will not write poop shoot but I mean whatever (laughs) so uh, Betty would later tell the LA Times quote he was very ambitious very intelligent and very funny and I am those three things we were from the same kind of background we both wanted the same things in the future he promised me the moon. The guy asked me to marry him every day for three years. They dated throughout college and got engaged after three years. They were married on April 12th of 1969 at Immaculate Conception Church in East Chester, New York. Could you be any fucking louder over there? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting a dip. I got to throw a... Oh, my God. Got to throw a dip, yeah. So they were married in a lavish ceremony planned by her mom, but ended up getting into a fight because uh, she wanted him to wear a runted tux and he wore a blue suit instead. <laughs> Which, a runted? 
Rented. I'm sick. Oh, I was like, Jesus. what the fuck is a rented tux? A rented tux. You're going to be rented in a fucking minute when I take your kneecaps out. Sorry. So, what What did say that line oh my again? dear God. If you weren't making so much fucking noise, you would have heard it. <laughs> they fought yeah. over what he wore. She wanted him to wear a rented tux. tux and he wore a blue suit. Well, I, I kind of dig the blue suits. Yeah, but not if that not then. That wasn't a thing then. Does it have to be a thing? Yeah, or it's a fucking he, wedding. Could he be original? No. No, grooms are told where to show up and God. what to wear. And that's it. That's you, all they have to fucking do. You women in your weddings. My God. Okay, continue. I wish you could see the look I'm giving him right now from yeah. behind my microphone. In the look I'm giving you. Because mm-hmm, I wanted to wear jeans. And he's like, we can't wear jeans. My mother will be pissed. Why does his mother show up in jeans? <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Did she really? Yes. Oh. I was like, you motherfucker. Well, we got married in the courthouse. So it was a little... 35 bucks, man. A little different. <laughs> it's the way to do it. I'm telling you. The fucking you courthouse were like, and then the strip club. Don't walk by me because I'm supposed to be at a robbery trial right Yeah, I now. know. <laughs> So, yeah, that was great. Um, So this should have kind of been a foreshadowing of a volatile marriage. They honeymooned on a Caribbean cruise and then stayed in St. Thomas with friends, which I love St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Oh, my God. Man, if you haven't been there, please go. Beautiful. amazing. Loved it. I got to sit on a porch and drink beer and read a book all day. But it's just you're staring out in. in I was staring at the ocean. Yeah, yeah it was you're great. staring out in the paradise. So after the honeymoon, Dan immediately changed. He fired the honeymoon housemaids and expected Betty to cook and clean. Damn right. Again, to which I say, ah, oh, fuck that. <sighs> yeah. Right. Um. Although but, I made you a sandwich the you, other night, you did make me, a sa- and I, it was very much appreciated because mm-hmm. I was fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Sorry. Betty was willing to live with this dynamic, though. She said, quote, if by other people's definition, it wasn't happy, it was the deal I made. It was the kind of family we were both from. Ew. Um, so she came back from the honeymoon knocked up. Ooh, hey She had Kim in January of 1970. Uh, she had a second daughter named Kathy Lee, who goes by Lee, in 1971. They had an unnamed baby boy um, who died either two or four days after his birth, depending on oh. the source. Uh, son Daniel was born in 1976, and son Rhett was born in 1979. Rhett, I like that. Rhett Butler. I like that a lot. Gone with the wind. R-E-T? R-E-R-H-E-T-T. I like that. Rhett Butler. That's where she got it from. Uh. And Scarlet. I gotta watch that fucking movie. I love that movie. Uh, Betty held down several jobs to put dan through school um she was never good woman yeah this is listen this is not a spoiler alert everybody knows betty broderick this is why she fucking shot him oh (laughs) i probably would have shot him too i'm not gonna (laughs) lie so i'm I'm okay with betty broderick um she would sell tupperware door to door with a baby on her fucking hip (laughs) yeah uh, they were relatively destitute. She made just enough to pay the bills. They were moving from dorms to apartments and were a lot of the time on food stamps because he didn't work at all. Yeah. He went to school full time. Uh, despite this, Betty devoted herself to home and motherhood. 
After finishing medical school, this little twat face decided, I- I'm going to keep going to school. I'm not going to get For a job. What? I'm a medical doctor and I'm not going to work as a medical doctor. I'm going to go to law school. Oh my God, dude, what? So he went to fucking Harvard Law School. Wow, what a smart guy though. What, like it's hard to get in? <laughs> we have the same class as Warner. <laughs> Warner. Uh, um, see, now I lost my place. So after he finished medical school, he enrolled in Harvard Law. Wow. He paid with the student loans. They moved to Massachusetts and Betty continued to work several jobs while Dan did not work. At all. Yeah. I mean, school is a lot. I wonder if he got waitlisted. His dad had to make a call. Uh, See, I pay attention. Yeah, you do. He graduated Harvard in 1973. He was immediately offered a job at Gary Carey Ames and Fry, which was a very prestigious malpractice firm uh, and was the largest firm in San Diego. So he moves his family again. Across the entire motherfucking country this time. Holy shit. Yeah, so they moved to San Diego. Um, His initial salary was meager, and Betty was constantly encouraging him to own his own firm. I cannot pronounce certain letters right now, so I apologize. It's very hard. (laughs) Words are hard right now. Um, In 1978, Dan did leave the firm to start his own practice, and it flourished immediately. After winning his uh, first million-dollar case, they became millionaires overnight. Oh, wow. They had finally, quote, made it after years of hard work and sacrifice. Dan once stated that while he was going through school, he could not be a good husband or a father until he, quote, made it. Per Betty, it never happened, him being a good husband or father. Uh, Dan acknowledged that he was, quote, far from the kind of good, loving husband I could have been, because you were a dick face. That's why. He was going through school and then winning his million dollar case. Still a dick face. Mm. And I can't help but picture um, the dad from Seventh Heaven because that's who played him in the Lifetime movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Wasn't he a pedophile? Yes, I think he was. I was thinking, like, what the fuck was up with that guy? I think he was. Yeah, I think he was a pedophile. I think he was a pedophile. He played Dan. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Meredith Baxter played Betty Broderick. Family motherfucking ties. Oh, yeah. I love that show. She plays anything perfect. She, oh, this was great. She's a good actress. She um, she would meet, she tried to meet Betty. I talk about that in part two. Um, okay, so now Betty could finally quit work and reap the benefits of her hard work. They bought a five-bedroom house in La Jolla, a San Diego suburb. Do you notice everything in California happens in like the same area? Yeah. It's always St. Louis Obispo. Yeah. La Jolla. Because remember, um, Polly Class. Oh, yeah. He was doing all the, um, sorry, he was doing all the robberies in La Jolla. Oh, yeah. It's spelled La Jolla, by the way. La Jolla. In case you were wondering. Um, They put in a pool, bought a boat, uh, also bought a vacation condo in Colorado for skiing, which Ooh. I do not uh, partake in winter activities. No, you don't. Uh, and they were members of the La Jolla and Fairbanks Ranch Country Clubs. Whoa, look out. They struck handsome profiles. Mm. Her with her blonde hair and sleek and Oscar de la Jolla clothing and him uh. dark and handsome in custom suits. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Burl stiff. 
Yeah. That's a name. That's a person. <laughs> he was a society com- columnist for San Diego Union and said, quote, everyone in La Jolla knew Betty and Dan. They were both almost central casting for the early yuppie. They, yeah, they were fucking yuppies. Early for yuppie. Sure. Yeah. Despite money and notoriety, already problematic marriage, um, the already problematic marriage, excuse me, started deteriorating further. Those yeah. are big words when I can't breathe. Those are really big words. And I can't breathe. So, um, Dan's, Do you need mouth to mouth? No. <laughs> Dan stated they suffered from, quote, real incompatibility problems, and they were unhappy from the start. Quote, she glosses over a lot when she says we were both happy. Listen, motherfucker. What? You went to school. Yeah. You impregnated her. <laughs> yeah. And then went to school and did nothing. Hey, he's going to school. He's yeah, learning. Jesus fucking Christ. He's getting his learn on. You women uh, are fucking hard, man. But, Dang. Leave the man alone. All right. You go sell Tupperware with Jackson on your <laughs> hip and then we'll fucking talk about it. How about that? So Betty was constantly complaining about being, about Dan being an absent father and husband spending too much time working and socializing with other attorneys. Now, I will say, now that he's making money, uh, listen, I would pack your fucking lunch. Yeah, exactly. Bye, babe. Exactly. Go get me a new suit. Yeah. Be gone. You're making my sandwiches. This is what I'm saying. I would make your sandwich. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're making a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So, in 1983, Dad, Dan... Jesus Christ. Dad. Hired Linda Kolkina, excuse me, to be a law receptionist despite allegedly not having any experience and not being able to type. Hey, did she look good? Well, apparently. Mm -hmm. She had feathered hair in the movie. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's really hard in the movie to hate Linda, but you have to hate Linda. Because, like, bitch, you knew. You knew. Let it, let her and her feathered hair go. No, bitch, you knew. <laughs> I'm going to punch your fucking feathered hair. So she was born Linda Bernadette Colquina on June 26, 1961 in Salt Lake City, Utah. She was an airline stewardess who quit when Dan hired her. Soon after he hired her, Betty started to expect an affair. Uh, she heard Dan refer to Linda as beautiful, which she was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Um, Betty said Dan was not Pooh Bear. (laughs) I'm like, what is that from? Oh, never mind. (laughs) Think about when she dresses a bunny. When I dress up as a constipated bitch. (laughs) So, um, Dan denied the the affair and refused to fire Linda. Betty said that Dan was the epitome of a midlife crisis, which he was. Yeah. Um, which, how do we know when we hit that? I don't know. I feel. I like, think I've already hit it. I feel like we're a constant midlife crisis. Yeah. It's either that or like we just need to get our lives together. True. Which, is that a midlife crisis? Yeah, I guess you could say. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so Betty would later tell the LA Times, quote, this was just a phase, a bad time, too stupid to be real. That girl had nothing on me. I am prettier, smarter, classier. She is dumb and an uneducated tramp with no background or education or talent. He will definitely get over it. Yeah, I wrote trap, by the way, instead of tramp. Um, Betty felt that this affair was confirmed on his 39th birthday, which 
Same girl, same. I agree. Sorry. Uh, on November 22nd, 1983, Betty went to Dan's office to surprise him for his birthday. Mm-hmm. When she got there, she found that him and Linda were gone for the day. Ooh. She went into his office and found remnants of a party. He had a party. A two-man party? Well, yeah. yeah. Stop defending this fuck. <laughs> I feel like you did this the first time, too, and I got mad. Defended uh, him? Yeah. So she told the San Diego reader that she, quote, I waited till like five. They never came back. And that's when I saw the refrigerator and my wedding crystal and all the imported wine and the stereo and his picture on Linda's desk. Only it was a picture that was taken of him before we were married. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Come on, Dan. Yeah, yikes. You know she comes to your office. You dipshit. So Betty waited for Dan to get home and then accused him of the affair, which he again fucking denied. This is I I pray to God that this happened in real life. It happened in the movie, so I left it in here because it's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I I truly hope it happened in real life. So she did in reality, she took all of his suits to the yard and doused him in gasoline and lit him on fire. (sighs) But in the movie, she lights a match and whispers Liar, liar, pants on fire. And then throws the match <laughs> on his clothes. I pray that happened. Yeah. Uh, that's like harsh. the Drew Peterson. Yeah. I'm invincible, bitch. Right. Dude, that ha- Please tell me that happened. If not, like, can I meet the clever writer? Right, right. Who was like, I'm going to put this shit in. Watch this. Liar, liar, pants oh, on fire. Fucking amazing. That's awesome. So... Uh, I don't know what notes from Kim's mean. I don't know what that means. So Dan continued to deny the affair and again refused to fire Linda. In February of 1985, Dan left Betty and the kids in a rental home and moved back to the family home. Um, they were, uh, there was something with the foundation. They were getting the foundation fixed. Okay. So they, the kids and they all moved to a rental home and then he went back to their house. Okay. He started paying her $9,000 a month. What? In child support and spousal payment. Dude, in what year is this? 85. So I have no idea what that would be now. Dude, that's a lot of money. How much is he making? Oh, my God. Well, he's an attorney. He's a malpractice attorney. He was a fucking doctor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I got to Google this now because I'm curious. That's a lot of fucking money. Oh, I can't type. Mm -hmm. What? Like, oh, man just i i can't get over that i know i know that's isn't that I mean, it, nowadays that at least has to be fifteen thousand. i would think holy fuck what <laughs> nine thousand dollars in uh 1985 is equivalent in purchasing power to about twenty four thousand oh. seven hundred and eighty one dollars and forty five cents a month a month it's a cumulative price increase of hundred and seventy five percent that's fucking insane oh my god dude why didn't she take that money and fucking run because she was probably used to it being more if he's making that's, that dude so she would show up at the house um unannounced and uninvited it's still her fucking house so Dude, take the money and run. Dan got several restraining orders to keep her from the home, which she violated constantly and was jailed twice. Um, 
she saw a Boston cream pie that Linda had made and smeared it all over his clothing. Uh, she then broke in again and spray painted all the walls, all the walls, and uh, broke a bunch of shit. Yeah, to the windows, to the, to the walls. walls. Uh, Dan officially filed for divorce in September of 1985. Uh, the divorce was especially nasty and relatively publicized because Oprah asked for an interview Ooh, during their divorce. Oprah. Um, Betty Man. refused to sell the home until, or excuse me, at the very last minute after they had previously agreed upon it. But then Dan turned around and sold the house out from underneath her using a legal loophole. Mm-hmm. Dan Which also got, what? I don't know. Oh. Dan also got custody of the kids. Oh, damn. Um, which he did. Dude, come on. You didn't give a flying fuck about those kids. Oh, probably The not. whole time. Yeah. You did that just to spite her. Yeah. So she drove into his house with her SUV. <laughs> See, but, like, these are two idiots. Mm-hmm. Like, go your separate ways. Both of you are making bank. Right. Just fucking go your separate well, ways. Well, I mean, you figure if he can afford to give her $9,000, that's chump yeah. change to him at this exactly. point. So she's probably pissed about that. Yeah. So, But still, don't be greedy. Um, after repeatedly driving into his home with her Suburban, oh, my mom man. drove a Suburban, by the way, uh, Betty was arrested and put into a mental institution for three days. I'm assuming Yikes. it was a 72-hour hold. Yeah. Um, Dan soon admitted to a three-year-long affair and moved Linda into a new home. Well, that's not surprising. No. Uh, Betty began leaving lewd and threatening and sometimes obscene messages on the machine, which the kids would hear. Um, she would abuse Dan and Linda in recorded phone calls with the kids. She defaced uh, court documents by replacing his name with God. (laughs) I mean, the level of pettiness. Like, I strive to meet that. I do. Um, Frustrated that, quote, he had possession of all of our assets, our children, and of our house and the furniture inside of it. She said the messages were caused by her frustration of Linda's voice being on the answering machine she called her children on. Um. She ended up representing herself towards the end of the divorce, which, Betty, honey... Don't do that. Honey, no. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that. that. Um, to many, though, this was Dan's fault. He was egging Betty on, exacerbating her already unstable behavior, mm. which he fucking was. Yeah. Well, of course he is. Dude, walk away. Like, don't be... Put your fucking dick back in your right. pants and quit being a wiener. He was constantly bringing her to court... Um, for, quote, orders to show cause. He would dock her alimony $100 per lewd word. What? And $500 for entering his home. Um, because she would violate the restraining order. Yeah. One court appearance cost her three days in jail. And he was now referring to himself as, quote, the Count do money. Now you're being a douche. Yeah, now you're being <laughs> a fucking so, goof. Um, nothing changed for him at all. Linda essentially stepped into Betty's life. And because Dan was an attorney, she couldn't find an attorney to represent her. Mm-hmm. Her parents essentially abandoned her. Um, and in 1988, Dan and Linda became engaged. Mm. Betty broke in to steal the guest list. <laughs> Um, Linda broke into her house then to oh steal it back. Oh my God, the pettiness. <laughs> so she she got the guest list and then found Betty's journals, basically. Yeah. Um, when she came home with them, Dan's like, you have to fucking take them back. Like, we're not stooping to her level. Right. 
And Linda, bless her heart, was like, fuck no, man. I'm going to keep this shit. She didn't keep it. She brought it. Um, Betty was writing a book. It was called, quote, What's a Nice Girl to Do? A story of white collar domestic, white collar, not white color, white collar, <laughs> domestic well, white violence. Color, right. I went from being accomplished, well-connected, and free to being isolated from friends and family and trapped with two children I was 100% responsible for. Betty then received a picture of the couple with a note saying, eat your heart out, bitch. Oh, yikes. <laughs> God, the level of Betty, it's amazing. On January 30th, 1989, the divorce was finalized. Um, the possible dissolution of marriage happened in 1986 due to bifurcation. So this means they um, they were divorced. They allowed the divorce to legally go through, but they were still dividing assets and money and okay. all that shit. So yeah. um, in March of 1989, Betty buys a 38 caliber pistol and takes lessons. Mm. On April 22nd of 1989, Dan and Linda married. This was just 10 days before what would have been Dan and Betty's 20th wedding anniversary. Yeah, get fucked, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, Betty continued to leave lewd messages, and Dan would dock her alimony, to the point that one time they went to court and she owed him money. What? No. Are you listening? I'm looking. I was sniffing. Um, Sorry, my nose is itchy. Whatever. Dan called her fat, old, and stupid. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, somebody would send facial cream and ads for weight loss treatments. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. That's (laughs) me. I love it. That's really me. Oh, so harsh. On August 9th of 1989, Dan amended uh, his will to disinherit his daughter, Lee, for supporting Benny. Um, Saying... Oh, excuse me. When Betty would threaten Dan, per Dan, he would write her letters saying, quote, I know your first impulse upon reading this letter will be a violent one. You have told the kids that if I withhold any money this month, you will kill me and see that not a brick is standing in my house. You better think twice about that. If you make any attack on me or my property, you will never again receive a red cent out of me without a court order. There's already a court order, you fuckface. Right. Ugh. At the end of October, Betty wrote a letter to her attorney saying, quote, I can't stand this anymore. Them always insinuating I'm crazy. Some sources state that she was uh, suicidal. Mm-hmm. On February, or excuse me, Friday, November 3rd, Betty received more court documents. These were threatening criminal contempt charges if she didn't stop leaving messages um, on the machine. The rude ones, obviously. She was exhausted by the constant court battles and... Um, said that she was comparing herself to, quote, putting a housewife in the ring with Muhammad Ali. Wow. Late one Saturday night, threats were pounding uh, like hammers at her head. Where did I? Hang on. I got to see where I stopped. We might be able to do this in one part. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can do it in one part. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So they're still trying to separate all of their assets and shit, you know. So they're in court constantly for money. Um, he was paying her the $9,000 a month in alimony oh and child support. Um, and then the his attorney suggested he continue paying $9,000 a month for a year, and then it would go down to 5000 a month after that. Okay. Um, Betty, representing herself, wanted $25,000 a month for spousal support for 10 years and a million-dollar settlement. She said she needed it to sustain her lifestyle. That she was accustomed to. Getting greedy. But here's the fucking Getting problem. Getting greedy. So the judge agreed that Dan and Betty owed $750,000 in Epstein credits, which is like student loans. Oh, damn. Why was Betty responsible for fucking half of it? She had to pay half of it because well, his attorney argued that his Harvard degree enhanced the couple's community wealth. I agree with that. Fuck you. She doesn't have a job. So what? She hasn't had a job because you told her to quit when you became an attorney. Yeah, but his money was contributing no, to her fuck, lifestyle. Fuck that. No, I'm sorry. I agree with no, that. No, uh-uh. I, That's judge, the good call. dumbest fucking thing I've good ever Good call, heard. judge. This woman has no fucking money. None. None. Uh, yeah. Thanks to him. That she has no money. You're no, right. Yeah. Thanks to him. Her lifestyle. Yeah. So he created it. Support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I she's think, responsible I think for our, the fucking student I, loans. Fuck that. I think our first episode, we were afraid to argue. I'm not afraid to argue now. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I agree with that. That is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Why would that. she have to pay half of his student loans for fucking Harvard? Because she's living on his on his money right now uh-huh. and living okay. that lifestyle. Awesome. Who fucking sold Tupperware to put him through medical school when he decided not to use his medical degree and to go to law school? Oh, well, she agreed oh, to well. fucking... She, hey, she agreed to pay his... And he agreed to create her lifestyle. So mm-hmm. fuck you. It's a wash. Okay. Mm-mm. Good mm-hmm. call, Judge. I swear to fucking God. Imagine if we got divorced. These tapes are going to end up in court. Dude, we <laughs> we would be so petty with each other. I want your motherfucking left shoe. That's what I want. I would try and take all of your college team hats. <laughs> Just because you, you like my them. minor league hats? And I'd be like, you take the kids. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Can you imagine? <laughs> Poor Jack. Have you ever seen the challenge on Facebook where the parents are standing there with their kids and they both run in a different direction to see who no. the kid's going to follow? No. Yeah, well, you can't fucking run, so we can't do it, but um, yeah. And the poor, oh, kids, the poor kid this, had They a... stand in the middle and they're like... 
fuck? <laughs> yeah. I got to see that. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Nine times out of ten, they run towards mom, obviously, because mom has the fucking fruit snacks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course they are. Yeah. So. Mom's where it's at. Um. All right. So, Betty bought a gun. She's, she's oh, practicing, boy. you know? Yeah. Um. And she, we know what's coming. We do. She was tired of everybody thinking she was crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's going to help. Sweetie baby honey child. Don't act crazy. Yeah. And then I mean, I get it, though. He, he fucking made her crazy. Um, oh, God. Just shut up. Just stop talking. <laughs> Seriously. So on November 5th, 1989, just before dawn at approximately 5 a.m., Betty woke up and got dressed. And now, if I'm not mistaken, her son was spending the night at her house that night. Oh, really? Um, she drove to Dan and Linda's house, which was a Georgian-style home in Marston Hills near downtown San Diego. She let herself into the house with her older, oldest daughter's key that she had stolen. Can I just... No. Can I say something? No. No, it's kind of funny. What? Like, did you ever see Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler? Yeah. All I could think about is that little kid that walks into the room because Linda broke <laughs> yeah. Adam Sandler's heart. Hey, You're Linda. A bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that Betty would say was that um, if oh, I'll I'll say that later. So she sneaks into the house with the key, goes upstairs into the master bedroom, and finds Dan and Linda in bed. Obviously. Ugh. Um. And shoots him. Damn. She shoots him repeatedly while they were sleeping. Dan um, got to, like, he got out of bed in an attempt to um, get to the phone. And she stepped over him and pulled the phone out of the wall. Jesus. Mm -hmm. So she didn't even try to get away with this. She just... Mm -mm. No. Fuck you guys. Here it comes. She didn't try and get away with it at all. So she ended up... um, and I, I think I folded the page over when I shouldn't have. So, yeah, she shoots him. She steps over his body, rips yeah. the phone out of the wall, and is basically like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. She then ends up going to her daughter Lee's apartment. Um, and how old is Lee at this time? Ugh, I don't know, because uh, I don't know. It, they weren't, like, I don't have specific birth dates on the kids, just the years they were born. Okay. Um, But... Lee is the one, if I'm not mistaken, we'll find out later. later. Um, she really stood by her mom the whole time. Yeah. So um, so she went to, excuse me, she went to Kim's apartment first and gave the kids um, $10,000, a, a check, yeah. and gave Lee all of her jewelry. Oh, wow. Um, she then calls her boyfriend. <clears throat> oh, so she's got a boyfriend, too. Yeah, she had a boyfriend. Oh, come on. Yeah. Sweetie, move on. He's doing it, too. Yeah, they both can move on. So, she calls her Ugh. friend, um, and her friend, Carrie... Her boyfriend? No, she calls her friend okay. now. Her friend, Carrie Steinberg, and she takes herself to the police station, turns herself in. <laughs> she tries calling her parents in the middle. Um, yeah. You know, she makes a comment that her parents disowned her because she got a divorce and they're Catholic and it's, you just don't do that and blah, blah, blah. So right. she called her parents and she's like, meh, I did it. I shot the bastard. Damn. So she tells her friend that too. I shot the bastard on a payphone. Not even trying to hide it. Nope. Wow. Nope. She, uh, So yeah. did now, 
do you, are you going to get into the trial at all? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Stop rushing me. Because I'm curious as to what she's how she's going to play it out. It's. I think you'll be surprised at how much support she actually got. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she calls her friend. Um, Diane is the first friend that she calls. And yeah. That's who she says. I, I finally did it. I finally shot the bastard. Yeah. Um, at approximately 730, Diane called Betty. Um, excuse me. Called Bradley, her boyfriend. Yeah. To come out to Betty's house. Um. Bradley and a friend and neighbor and a, a friend and a neighbor of Dan went to the house because the neighbor had heard something and was wondering what the fuck was going on. Yeah. So Bradley um, and the neighbor enter the house together. Bradley ends up calling 911 saying, oh, my God, something terrible happened here. Um, implied that they needed help ASAP. Yeah. In the meantime, this is when she goes to the kids apartments and took off her jewelry and wrote a check. She left uh, the gun in the car, in her car, that was later recovered by the PD. Um, She did turn herself into the police, but she did not say a word. Mm -hmm. Uh, Betty would not speak, but gave several interviews weeks after to media outlets. And her repeated statement was she went to the house to kill herself in front of the couple. What would have that done? She took the gun because she wanted Dan to listen to her. And if he didn't, she would have killed herself and said, splash my brains all over the goddamn house. Oh, that's stupid. Um, it's, it's all bullshit. Um, when asked repeatedly why she didn't kill herself after, she said she ran out of bullets. Bullshit. You didn't save one? Bullshit. Didn't you have an extra one in your pocket? Yeah, Bullshit. So, Betty continued to claim self-defense, saying, quote, the only thing I was doing that morning was making it stop. Oh, babe, this chick is too much for me. You're too much. Stop talking. (laughs) Jesus. Um, It's speculated that Betty did it because Dan was, um, what? Dan was giving her the kids, which left her no excuse to interfere in in his life. So, he was giving up custody to her. And people thought, well, okay. now she has no reason to fuck with them. Yeah. So this is why she did it. Um, San Diego couples, along with couples all over the co- country, were torn. The name Betty Broderick became synonymous with revenge that was, while not condoned, understood and even sympathized. Yeah, see, I, I could see women going along with this chick, but like guys going along with the dude... Yeah, which is why we fought about it the first time. But like, yeah. like I said, I don't think we were, like, we didn't think it was okay to argue. But now, fuck that. Right. So a dude can't keep his motherfucking pants on, and he fucks everybody's life up, well, and she's just supposed to go okay and walk away. Fuck you. No. Yeah, she could move on. So could he. Yeah, he ha- he did. No, he didn't. He was still fucking with her the whole time. So he moved on about as far as she moved on. Who who ran into whose house? Okay, who took her to court repeatedly? Yeah. For nothing? Oh, sure. Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, I could see women taking her spot or, or her position. And, then... and I could see men taking his position because you guys all think with your fucking wiener. That's it. <laughs> What's going to get my And you guys wet? think of revenge. Huh? You guys think of revenge. What's going to do this? Well, yeah. Of course we think of revenge. You can't play fucking just the tip with anybody that you want to. 
No. That's awesome. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'd be like, listen, bitch, I sold Tupperware while you were fucking four. Tupperware with a baby. Yeah. And you come around, fucking put it in your mouth, and I I get nothing? What is that? She was getting a lot of fucking money. Was well, what she was getting. Put it in her mouth for a lot of fucking years. Maybe she shouldn't have. Mm-mm, no. We're never going to agree on this. Ever. No. Nope. Uh, many felt that she was pushed over the edge by Dan. That would be me. That I am many. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> she told the LA Times three weeks after the killing, if Dan hadn't acted the way he did during the divorce, quote, I would have been fine. I would have had my house, my kids... I would have still worn a size six. I could have done my superior dance. Shut up. Stop talking. I've never had any emotional disturbance or mental illness, except when he provoked a disturbance. My emotional outbursts were only a response to Dan's calculating, hateful way of... I don't know what fucking word I was supposed to put there. Um, The? uh, Fucking, maybe. I don't know. With our divorce. He was hammering into me and everyone that I was crazy. How long can you live like that? Yeah, so... It's his fault that she put all those fucking ho-hos in her mouth and swallowed. And Oh, my God. <laughs> her size six is gone. I'm sorry. So, guys, when this needs to get pulled by the police as evidence, just look under the redo of Betty Broderick. That's where you're going to find this. Okay? And I guarantee everybody will side with me after that fucking comment that you just made. I'm just sorry. Saying. Her size six is gone. No, the ho-ho comment. Yeah. First of all, fuck you. I love ho-hos. You know nothing about me. (laughs) Two, uh, I didn't see you like daintily eating that fucking cinnamon cake I gave you yesterday. It was fucking delicious. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted 20 more. Just saying. And then we had honey butts. I know. And that was, oh my God, was that good. See, I don't give a fuck that I'm, I'm never, I've never been a size six. My right butt cheek is. I'm cool with that. I like fucking ho-hos. I don't care. You can have your fucking size six. I'll take my ho-hos. I'll take them too. I'm just saying. I got Chips Ahoy in the fucking pantry right now. Mm-hmm. Just saying. And peanut butter Oreos. Oh. Not peanut butter and oreos oh but we got that too but they are peanut butter oreos oh my god babe mm-hmm. i'm gonna catch you at two o'clock in the morning no i don't have them. to dip them in peanut butter because they're already peanut butter oh. i'm sick i can do whatever the fuck i want how about sure. that i'm gonna get hungry after fucking strangling you i don't know what to tell you <laughs> and pushing me out in the, the chips ahoy are gonna be gone it's a delicate balance to make sure you don't get petechiae. It's right. going to make me hungry. <laughs> God. So, I have no idea where I was. Um, <laughs> You're all flustered. <laughs> um, so, she did eventually find an attorney to represent her. Yeah. Um, he would base the case mostly on how he could paint the portrait of what got her to the point that she was at. Um, he said the case would rely heavily on several lawyers and judges' testimony that were involved in the divorce. He filed um, a motion to disqualify the entire San Diego bench, which was a valid wow. motion. It was. because Well, because he's part of it. Well, no. Right. And all of the attorneys and yeah. the judges that were, you know, that heard their so, divorce, they were friends. I could see that. So yeah. The, yeah, the motion was denied. Was it really? Yeah. 
Wow, uh, the trial that's started. Surprising. Yeah, the trial started in October of 1990. She got fucking railroaded. In you court. just turned that page super fucking loud. I did. You are angry at me. I I am. <laughs> I am. I, I am. I think you're being fucking stupid right now. <laughs> just call it spade a spade here. You're being a fucking idiot. Oh, so they're asking if somebody has the uncensored picture of John and his cake. Because <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not pretty. Um, but Laura couldn't put it on Facebook like that. Oh, uh, yeah. It says something along the lines of what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Because that's pretty much what he says. So yeah. um, he argued that Dan traded Betty in for a younger model by cheating, which he did, um, and made it worse when he gains whole custody of the kids despite Betty. After years of legal bullying, Dan's lies, and his clout as president of the San Diego County Bar Association. Really? Her trial shouldn't have been fucking held there. Uh, Betty suffered from battered women's syndrome. The constant taunting, physical, psychological, and emotional abuse caused Betty to suffer from PTSD. The PTSD caused her to snap and commit murder without premeditation. Come on. There's my defense right there, bitches. Oh my God, you're killing me. There's my defense. Don't knock it. It's my defense. Uh, Of course it is. Wow. Okay, fuck you. Like, I think I get a little bit more credit for that defense than she would. Yeah, you definitely would. This is, come on. I could just be like, I watched him die. And then I just, I reenacted it in my head and I couldn't stop. Well, you did. You watched me die twice. That's so, what I'm saying. That could yeah. be my defense. I would say you you probably do have PTSD. On second thought, guys, forget where this tape is. <laughs> Somebody right. come burn it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, her, come on, you're making nine grand a month. Just stop. Man, nine grand a month. Yeah. In 1980 fucking three or five. Whatever, five. Jesus. Is it hot in here? Yeah. Okay. So do you think it's the seance candles? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's really hot. It is. Fuck, I'm sweating. Man. I mean, I'm always sweating, but still. Ugh. All right. So psychologists testified for the defense that Betty was depressed. Oh, no kidding. They said her rage. I love that word, by the way. Stemmed from the lack of any core identity except what she took from Dan, the soccer mom trophy wife. Her kids did play soccer. Was she really a trophy wife? Yeah. She was gorgeous. Was she? Oh, yeah. Um, the defense accused Dan of gaslighting Betty, how, which he fucking did. How about did. after all the ho-hos she ate? I, her face didn't <laughs> fucking change, dick. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the gaslighting made her question her memory, her perception, and her sanity, which that's what it's supposed to do. So yeah. he was gaslighting her. Yeah. Um, uh, who said this? I think her attorney said this. Quote, no one has the right to take the life of another human being. However, Dan's constant lies, minimizations, and calling Betty crazy fueled a lot of the issues in the relationship. Dan's constant denial of an affair escalated Betty's pre-existing narcissistic personality disorder and need for help. They were a match made in motherfucking heaven, was what it was. They would have fights. um, She threw a stereo at him before. Really? Yeah. Um, She would lock him out of the house and he would like, he would go to the oldest daughter's bedroom, Kim, and whisper to be let in through the window. Like, they were toxic. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. they were both fucking narcissistic. Right. And he played upon it, though. He, right. he just, you know, he made it worse. So the state was represented by prosecutor Carrie Wells, who, oof, she was a rough one. Was she? Oh, yeah. She portrayed Betty as a cold-hearted, selfish, narcissistic murderer. Damn. And felt that she had planned and schemed to kill them. She refused to admit that Betty was an abused woman and said that she had enough of Betty. She had dealt with women who had been beaten and destitute, and Betty was neither. Um, the defense admitted, obviously, that Betty did shoot the victims. You kind of can't deny that. Uh, they presented expert testimony regarding Betty's mental state before and after the shooting. Mm-hmm. Because of the years of mental abuse and, quote, legalized emotional terrorism, her responsibility for the killings should be minimized or excused. That's a bit much, uh, for, even for me. Yeah. Like, do I get why she did what she did? Uh, to a point. But to say it should be excused? No. That's a bit much. Yeah. That's going over. Yeah. It's, it's a bit much. So... Um, she, or her attorney, uh, was famous for smashing a picture of the family on a ski trip. Babe, they're windbreakers. Holy fuck. Oh, I the remember The wind this. did not stand a chance. Remember I made <laughs> yeah. you look up the picture? <laughs> yeah. So the attorney smashed the picture and said, this is what Dan did. Yeah. Um, the prosecution thought she was full of shit. <laughs> 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 I forgot I wrote that. Um, They had Kim testify about how angry Betty was and how unrepentant she was after the murders. Um, She got a lot of shit because she was smirking at one point during the trial when they were talking about the murders. Yeah. Fuck yeah, she was. She was proud of herself. Yeah, she was. (laughs) So, she was. Yeah. Um, Now, they said that um, she was laughing because her friends said that they looked like they belonged on a cake. What? No, she was proud of herself. What? Yeah. What kind of cake do you belong on? <laughs> right. <laughs> if I would have thought about this, I would have put it on John Sloop's cake. Right. Here's Betty motherfucking Broderick. Uh, Happy retirement. That would have been fitting. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, uh, in a 10 to, or excuse me. After Did he f- want you to just call him out like that? He knows I do. <laughs> he loves me. Okay. I wrote him a very nice message on his card that made me tear up a little bit. So His going away card? Yeah, that poor guy. He cried about nine times today. Uh, Everybody did. Like, I get. I think that's the best part about, like, us dysfunctional fucks over there. Yeah. You, we do show emotion. Yeah, you guys care about each other. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I and mean, we're the only, like, we show emotion to each other, but yeah. not anybody else. Right. So, you know, plus the cake was good. There's Which the one? Yeah. I didn't have the one Oscar brought. Because I was like, fuck my life. It's 530. Mark's going to fucking kill me. Yes. So, yeah, I didn't have that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, Olive Garden. So, mm. uh, four day, after four days of deliberation, uh, it ended with a hung jury. Really? Yep. Judge declared a mistrial. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, it was 10 to 2 in favor of conviction, but stated that there wasn't enough intent and couldn't agree on second degree murder versus manslaughter. Let me guess. Two women fucking voted no i don't think so i think i hang on i think i wrote it down because i knew you were going to ask this um so they weren't even thinking about first degree murder that's crazy isn't that yeah uh wonder who was a man was quoted as saying quote i only wonder what took her so long wow 
See, maybe he could keep it in his fucking pants. <laughs> hmm. So the second trial started about a year later. It was really um, a replay of the first. Yeah. Jack Early again was her attorney. Uh, was her attorney? Um, said the defense was severely restricted while the prosecution case expanded. People saw a cause for subpoena deuce tecum or subpoena for production of evidence. I did write down what that is. I know that because I remember reading that like, what the fuck are they talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. So, Oh, good job. Shut up. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. I can't breathe. Uh, oh, here, here we go. Wait. And the subpoenas. Oh, I'm going to sneeze again. Let's just say you Whatever. can't find it. Uh, so Google it. I'll Google it for you guys. I'll tell you next time. Um, they wanted um, experts from the first trial to come back and testify. And the prosecution got it blocked. Um, they directed the doctors to bring to the clerk of the court all the psychological and psychiatric records from um, the first contact that they had with her mm-hmm. through November of 1990. Uh, people filed points supporting the subpoenas, saying that the psychotherapist patient privilege had been waived by allowing them to testify at the first trial. Well, that mm. sucks. Yeah. Is that a thing? I guess. Fuck. Um, the defense tried to squash this, but didn't get the paperwork in in time. Um, the court was concerned, though, that this would lighten the prosecution's burden to, of, of proof. Um, so they wanted to use expert testimony from the first trial without actually using the actual experts. Okay. So they wanted just their testimony brought in. Yeah. Uh, therefore, lightening the people's work to prove guilt. It also becomes third-party testimony, and because Betty had not waive the doctor-patient privilege, this would violate her Fifth Amendment right. Oh, wow. Okay. Boom, bitches. Uh, The defense countered, saying the disclosures can serve as links in the chain of evidence, tending to establish guilt of criminal offense that would surrender the very protection which the privilege against self-incrimination was designed to guarantee. So the court then uh, prohibited disclosure of this third-party testimony. Wow. So they couldn't, they had to either get the experts in or yeah. not use the testimony at all. Okay. Uh, Betty and the defense offered a plea bargain. They offered to uh, have her plead guilty under the terms that would have Betty serving 20 years um, after pleading guilty to several crimes. The prosecutors basically were like, mm, no, fuck you. Really? Uh, they turned it down, stating that while she would plead guilty to several lesser charges, she would not be pleading guilty to murder. So, they didn't like that. She was ultimately found guilty of two counts of murder, one count of illegal use of a firearm, and was sentenced to 32 years to life. She was serving her sentence at California Institute for Women in Chino, California. In 1992, Betty finally did an Oprah interview. No kidding? Yeah. Oh, you can watch it on YouTube. Is it glorious? It's great. Why? What happens? Phenomenal. Because it's just Betty fucking Broderick. And it's Oprah. Like, Betty's better than Oprah, or so she thinks. You know? Oh, really? Oh, it's great. Oh, so, in January that. of 2010, Betty went before the parole board. Dan and Kim, two of her kids, yeah. testified against parole. Wow. 
Yeah. While Lee and Rhett testified for Betty. Yeah. Dan stated, quote, in my heart, I know my mom is a good person, but along the way, she got lost. It's got to be so hard as a kid. Yeah. Which way do you go? They were, so, all but one were teenagers. I mean, Kim was in college, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, some of them were, they were grown. But which way do you go? Right. That's got to be so difficult. Yeah. Um, he said that he was hung up on justifying what she did. Lee, however, stated that her mom deserved to live a life outside of prison walls. She was denied parole for her lack of remorse and her acknowledgement of wrongdoing, which I have come to find out now that in order to get parole, you have to not only admit to the crime, you have to show remorse for the crime, which is why like in, um, the Morton case, wait, he didn't get parole because he's like, I didn't fucking do it. I'm not right. going to admit, you know, I'm not going to show remorse for a crime I didn't fucking commit. Yeah. So. Oh, Jesus. She was, uh, she stated that she was a, quote, political prisoner after reaching every point needed for parole. Well, you didn't say you're sorry. She was denied again in 2017 for the same reason. San Diego Deputy DA said her lack of remorse again played a huge part in her denial. Quote, no regrets, no remorse, unrepentant. To be defiant, to smirk throughout the hearing, to act in complete denial and not understand where she is, that's why she's there and that's why this happened. Wow. She is eligible again for parole in 2032 when she's 84. Oh my God. So she's going to die there. Yeah. She did keep in touch with Bradley, her boyfriend, uh, until at least 2006. Yeah. He sent her money, um, and she sent love letters that became public when Bradley stopped paying for a storage unit. She released all their love letters. Oh, wow. And he was like, fuck you. Come here, storage wars. Yeah. You want her shit? Mm-hmm. So she is still in prison. Man. I wonder why she's not eligible again until 2034. Yeah. a lot of states, you, you have to go before the parole board. Once you go before the parole board once, you have to go every two years. Yeah. I'm going to look yeah, into that. I'm curious. Yeah. But. Because that's a lot things. of time in between them. Like, I, I still think I could see how people are divided. Because we're smarter than you? Oh, got yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. But then, it, again, it's got to be so hard as her kid. Like, what? which way do you go? Right. And they were split. Yeah. You know, two went one way, two went another. Yeah. That's got to be difficult. Because they saw, you know... They saw both sides. They saw both sides. And obviously, movies are designed to... Oh, yeah. ...to favor one party. Yeah. But they they saw both sides. So, like, when people say, you know, Dan was a dick to her, her kids were like, yeah, he was. He was a douche, you know? Like, for two of her kids to be like, we get it, we get why she did what she did. Yeah. I mean, that's got to show he had some fault in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. So. Yeah, without a doubt. To say, oh, yeah, she yeah. she should have killed him. You know, that's, yeah. That's a tough one. I bet it's you a, Jax would side with me. Just saying. He would. He's a mama's <laughs> boy. He's a mama's boy. Of course he would. He's my puppy. Uh, well, that was good. That was good. Betty motherfucking Roderick. Mm-hmm. I wish I watched a Lifetime movie. I'm going to watch we the We tried. Oprah you interview. wouldn't watch it with me, remember? No. We got like 10 minutes in and you're like, ugh. 
I'm not interested. I'll try again, but I do want to watch the Oprah. You do that interview. to me all the fucking time. I we tried to watch I know, Bailey I know. Sarian yesterday about the the case I'm doing next, and we got <laughs> yeah, I know what four and a half fucking not minutes even. in. Maybe I had to bribe you with minutes. the fucking honey button to keep watching it <laughs> yep. until my phone died. Yep, or I fell asleep. One of the two. Yeah, you gave me like two minutes, and then yeah. I'm like, well, if you eat this. I got two. <laughs> right. You have to keep watching this with me. Yep. Yeah. Dick. Well, that was good, though. Those so, honey buns were good. They were real <laughs> fucking good. I, we can't keep them in the house because we eat them too much. Oh, I know. And the kids would devour them, oh too. Oh, my gosh. So. Jackson and I could kill a box. Like, yeah. Just sit down next to each other and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So what case are we doing next again? Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Because I don't think our regular listeners heard. No. So just mentioned the next two we are doing is Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Lori Vallow. All right. I'm excited about Lori Vallow. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. It's another religion one. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that one too. And aliens. I really don't understand how the aliens come into religion. But... I mean, you know, Tony Alamo. They do. Aliens. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. But this was good. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as well. And and our arguments now that we don't care. Right. Now we that argue. we don't care if we argue or not. Because so, I'm right. Yeah. I, mean, that's, I, I think in the simple. beginning we we were just, we I didn't want to clash we, too we much. We bickered a little, but yeah, not. I don't yeah. think we argued like this. No, but you were wrong then and you're wrong now. <laughs> Dick pretty simple I, it's very simple if you ask me Alrighty then i'm just saying uh, just all right saying. and i hope you guys like our new and un- like intro music our little yeah. jingle maybe we could do it again when i don't sound like a dude i think he sounded good uh, like a dude yeah whatever okay at least you don't have man hands. I don't. And I'm about to eat some Chips Ahoy because we don't have any fucking ho-hos. So, <laughs> just saying. Uh, I hid them fuckers back in the pantry. I bet you Jax doesn't even know we have them. No. And you don't like the hard ones. You nope. like the chewy ones, which mm-hmm. is why I buy the hard ones. <laughs> so nobody eats them. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> That's a mom thing. Uh, just saying. I love you, babe. You fucking better. What would I do without you? You'd be in the pond. I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>